Tonight I want to speak to you about this truth that we just read about in the gospel reading that Jesus, this babe born in Bethlehem, is Emmanuel. He's Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. What a difference it makes to, to know someone is with us. What a difference it makes when somebody is with us. Think about some of your greatest joys. You want to share that with another person. I remember when I graduated, which was one of my great joys, uh, graduated from graduate school about 10 years ago. Uh, my family was with me. I was so happy that my wife could be there and my parents and my in-laws and my siblings could be there with me cheering me on as I walked across that stage to get the diploma. And the, the celebration would not have been as joyous if they weren't there to share it with me. Uh, so, you know, when you're watching a great movie or you're listening to a great song or you're watching a big game, you want somebody to be there with you to share that experience with you. Um, my son always complains that I have a knack for leaving the TV just as the big play is about to happen. Dad, get back in here. It's fourth and inches. Get away from the refrigerator and come here. Watch, sit down and watch it with me. So we are hardwired to be together. And of course, this Christmas season, maybe one of the things that we look forward to the most is simply being together, being together with family and friends. But how much more wonderful is it to know that God is with us? God, the creator of the universe, is with us. God, the source of life, the source of love, is with us in Jesus Christ. He comes to us in a surprising, remarkable, outrageous way. He comes to us in this gurgling, cooing male baby born in Bethlehem, the little town of Bethlehem. 2,000 years ago. Now, sometimes we might be tempted to think, and sometimes people believe this, that if God is with me, or if God is, is really present, then God's going to take care of my trouble and my pain and my problems and my difficulties. Sometimes we think that, but then the question is, where is God in the midst of pain? and trouble, and difficulty? Where is God in the midst of, of the mess, when life gets messy, when we experience suffering and pain? You know, I, I do believe that God performs miracles today. I do believe that God answers prayer. But what about when God doesn't answer prayer the way we hope or expect? What about those seasons where, when God seems silent? I was thinking about that when I was thinking about this night and this sermon uh, a week or so ago when I was doing some pastoral visits to Children's Hospital. And uh, as I was walking those halls and I was looking at the children in their rooms and the parents there and the grandparents, I was thinking, what does the Chris Christmas message have to say to them, to those little children and their parents and their loved ones who are suffering? What I find remarkable about the Christmas story is that it's so messy. When you really think about the details of this story, it's true to life. The story of God coming to be with us in the babe of Bethlehem is not an airbrushed account. 
it's gritty, it's real. Think about Joseph and Mary. Joseph was probably about late, ni- late teenager, maybe 19, early 20s. Mary could have been as young as 14 or 15 years old. And it's not scandalous to our ears so much to hear about a 14 or 15 year old um, becoming pregnant outside of marriage. But it was scandalous then. It was shocking then. Mary was betrothed to Joseph, which was more than just an engagement. It meant legally they were husband and wife, but they weren't to live together as husband and wife. The betrothal period was about nine to 12 months. And part of the reason for that was to prove that she wasn't pregnant. And here Mary shows up pregnant. And uh, this would have been a scandal and a source of shame. She was found to be with child, it says, from the Holy Spirit. But how do you imagine that conversation went with Joseph? (laughs) Joseph, I have something to tell you. You're not going to believe this. Mary, you're right. I don't believe this. And God had to come to Joseph in a dream and explain what was happening. But imagine the sense of betrayal that Joseph must have felt at first. Imagine the shame that both Mary and Joseph felt as the rumors were whispered around their small village. It was a mess. And so, because Joseph was a righteous man and he didn't want her to to be put to shame, he didn't want to divorce her in public, he had the right to divorce her quietly. And that's what he did. That's what he planned to do in the presence of a couple of witnesses. But then the angel of the Lord comes to Joseph in a dream. He explains this miracle and he says, Joseph, son of David. And of course, the Messiah is going to come from the line of David. That's important. Joseph, son of David. Joseph has royal blood running through his veins. Don't fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, which means the Lord saves. Yahshua. Joshua, the Lord saves, for he will save his people from their sins. And Matthew explains that this took place to fulfill the ancient prophecy of Isaiah that took place 700 or so years before this. We read, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. It was messy. It was complicated, but it was all part of God's plan to bring salvation to the world. God with us, Emmanuel, does not mean the absence of problems or pain in this life. But it means hope in the midst of pain. It means courage while you're facing problems. Because it means knowing I'm not alone. I'm never alone. Nothing will ever separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus that's been revealed to me in this babe, Jesus the babe of Bethlehem. Think about what happens soon after Jesus is born. We have this wonderful story of the Magi, the wise men, bringing their offerings of gold and frankincense and myrrh, these spiritual seekers who are coming maybe all the way from from Babylon in in present-day Iraq and making this long journey. And they make a stop in Jerusalem and they stop to, to meet Herod the king. Now, Herod the king was a paranoid megalomaniac of a ruler. This guy killed his wife, his two sons, two brother-in-laws. He was paranoid about anybody threatening his power. And here Herod hears about a king to be born. 
And so he's threatened and he goes into action. And after this lovely scene of the wise men worshiping the Christ child and giving them the gold and frankincense and myrrh. Later on, we read that Herod in this paranoid rage does something awful, does something terrible. He orders all the male babies to and under to be slaughtered in Bethlehem. So here we have in the Christmas story. Charism, genocide, in a sense, showing up in the Christmas story. This is the real world. Uh, This isn't airbrushed or fabricated. It's the kind of world we live in today of pain and suffering and sorrow and the grief of parents whose little boys were killed by this paranoid, crazy ruler. And yet this is the world that Christ came into. This is the world that Christ came to save. In this world, in this messy world, God is with us in Jesus Christ. There's hope in the pain. There's courage to face our problems and difficulties. And and Christ came to deal with the biggest problem that we have. The angels said He came to save us from our sin. And we may not believe it, but friends, this is the biggest problem we do have is our sin because it separates us from the God who loves us. Our sin separates us from God. But Jesus came to take care of that problem. The babe of Bethlehem entered into this world of suffering and pain, and he did more than just enter into that suffering and pain. He experienced it himself. This little baby's pristine flesh. One day, about 33 years from the day of his birth would be torn by the scourge of Roman soldiers as they beat him and mocked him and spit upon him. This little baby's chubby hands would grow up to be the hard hands of a carpenter and one day end up being nailed on the cross. This little baby who we celebrate tonight secure in his mother and father's presence would one day cry out from the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he did that. He went through all that for us, for our salvation. He experienced God forsakenness for a moment. So we would never have to. So we could always be with God for eternity. It was messy, but he came as our sacrifice. His perfect life, his sacrificial death and his resurrection saves us from sin death and the devil and that is why we celebrate the birth of this child tonight he saves us from separation from god so now nothing will ever separate us from the love of god in christ jesus our lord do you have that hope this evening can you join with the wise men and worship this christ child and and offer him your life because of all that he has done for you and for me The babe of Bethlehem is the one who makes it possible for us to say, God is with me no matter what. No matter the trouble, no matter the mess. So his presence, friends, gives hope in the midst of the pain. Let me share this story in closing. This is a story that comes from a a pastor named Ken Kloss. And it's about what happened on Christmas Eve in a small Polish town a long time ago in the 1300s. This was the time of the plague. The plague was sweeping through Europe. One third of the population of Europe 
was killed in the plague, and it finally hit this small little village in Poland in 1353. And it was such a vicious, fast-acting disease. One writer at the time, an Italian writer, said, uh, people who contracted the plague ate lunch with their friends and in dinner with their ancestors in paradise. That's how fast-acting it was. After weeks of isolation, one man in this town ventured out of his house at midnight on Christmas Eve. He knew it was Christmas Eve, and even though he thought he was alone, he knew that his moment of death might be imminent. He still went out onto the streets, and he raised his voice to sing praise to God. And he sang this old Christmas hymn that goes like this, A great and mighty wonder, a full and holy cure. The virgin bears the infant with virgin honor pure. Repeat the hymn again, To God on high be glory and peace on earth to men. And as he sang this song, he was comforted by the hope, the song of salvation. And suddenly, behind a barred door, another voice joined in with him, singing. And people began to stand with him in the streets. Their songs brought strange replies, and from living tombs, people emerged. All that was left in that little town was 25 people. But that Christmas Eve, they came out of their houses, and they sang praise to God. They sang of the love of God, which has become incarnate in Jesus Christ, the babe of Bethlehem. God with us. Christ of the cross. Lord of the open tomb. Surrounded by death, because of Christ, they could confidently sing, To God be the glory on high. Because of what he's given us in Jesus Christ. He is our Emmanuel. He is with us in pain in confusion, in doubt, in joy, in celebration. He is with us. And because He's with us, we always have hope. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for each one of us here today that we might know You as our Emmanuel. We thank You, God, that You have revealed Yourself to us in Jesus Christ. And I pray especially for those who may feel distant from Jesus tonight, for whatever reason, that they would sense you calling them closer to yourself, that you would draw them to you as they contemplate what this night means and all that you have done for them. We are not meant to live separated from you, O God. Our hearts are restless until they find our rest in thee. You are the source of our life. You are the greatest love and joy. And so call us all back to a deeper faith and trust in you. We thank you for your eternal presence and your love on this night. In Christ's name, amen.